Well, friends, as we continue our series of Lent on the different parables of Jesus, not that we can get to all of them, but as many as we can in our six Sundays leading up to Easter, I invite you to turn to Luke chapter 10, verses 25 through 37. Uh, This is one of the other most familiar parables. The prodigal son and the good Samaritan are those that probably stand alone in their own category as being known even at a secular level. We have Good Samaritan laws. The Good Samaritan is a regular phrase, even if you didn't know exactly where it came from, yet you would know what a Good Samaritan is, someone who helps along the way. In Luke chapter 10, Jesus tells this parable as a response to a conversation. And so we're actually going to start with the conversation that led into this parable being spoken so that we wrap our minds around what was the context with which Jesus told this parable that became completely timeless. Let's not lose the reason that the parable happened. And as you hear it, maybe you've heard it a thousand times. Maybe you know it really, really well already. Maybe you memorized it. All of these things are good. What we ask for in these moments is both that all that is familiar to us All that we've already learned and studied and accumulated about this parable may be known and that that is good, that it is both both familiar and fresh, that today is a different day than the last time you read this parable. So appreciate all that's familiar and also never underestimate that God can speak a fresh word into a familiar parable even today. And so before we read God's word together, let's pray. God, we thank you for the gift of your word. We thank you for instructions like the Ten Commandments and like this parable. Lord, we thank you that you made it easy to remember and maybe easy to get the initial point and that that you bless us with such stories as these parables, that we may continue to reflect on them, that we can find ourselves in them, that we can sort through what you might speak to us today. So God, as we hear your word, open our hearts and our minds, open our very lives to your direction and your instruction. In your name we pray, amen. Luke chapter 10, beginning at verse 25. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law? He replied, how do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. 
Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. There are things that we can rather deliberately and intentionally pour out. Things like the conversation that Jesus starts having with this expert in the law, that that he is very ready, this expert in the law, he's very ready to to pour out the right answers. He's ready, he's got, he understands it. In fact, that expert in the law, he takes that first question and actually summarizes the law the same way that Jesus summarizes the law. Love the Lord your God and love your neighbors yourself. This expert in the law is no fool and he is eager to pour out that which he knows. He is eager to show, I know the right things, I've got the right answers. And he pours it out before Jesus, deliberately, intentionally, and on his own terms. It's one thing to have things poured out. It's, well, maybe a different point to be made. I might need someone to help me out with this one. Any semi-willing volunteers? (laughs) One. I feel like you did this last time I asked for help. Braden, come on up. You're the only one who's willing. Oh, how wonderful. If nobody else would have, then I'd have to start going through staff members. Like, who can I get here? So why don't you come over to this side? Um, so, Braden, you are a person of sound, steady hands, good balance. And so if I asked you to deliberately and intentionally pour water from the pitcher into the bowl... You could do it, right? I hope so. I sure hope so, too. And you would do it, and and as you would do that, you'd remember that this is a reminder of our baptism and finding our identity in Christ, right? Yes, you passed the profession of faith class. Um, I've got this here, uh, just a plain glass of water, right? And I just have one simple thing for you to do. Don't spill it. And how convenient, Um, I mean, the custodian son, right? So just don't spill it. Now, you could deliberately and intentionally pour that out, but this, as long as you hold on to it, it's fine. And if somebody would push you or mess around with you a little bit, you are not spilling because the cup's not too full. That is great, I'm impressed. Don't, yeah, challenge accepted. Don't spill. Sweet. I'm going to leave this here. Don't spill. And don't worry, it's true that everybody's watching. It's true that your mistakes will be very, very public. But whatever you do, don't spill. I would still say good job. (laughs) 
Now, if we did this again, the same thing would happen. I'd wait patiently, eventually I'd push you, and the cup would spill, right? Is this fair to you? No. Because I made the cup super, super full on purpose. And once the cup is full, it is simply more likely to spill. And whatever is in it will spill. Deliberate, intentional, on your terms, pouring in that bowl, no problem. Holding on to a super full cup, well, at some point it's gonna spill. Now, if perhaps we put something different in the cup, something that would I didn't want it to be too full, I didn't want it to spill. The water, not such a big deal. If we poured some Coke in there, then the stakes would be even higher. And your mother and my custodian are looking at us like, ah, playing with fire here. We're not gonna do that today. Some things are more consequential if they spill than others, right? Yeah. Now, as gently as possible, You've done a great job up here, and I'm not gonna refill it again, because we know the same thing would happen. If you just want, well, actually, you can hand it to me. This is an exercise in trust. We'll just set that right there. And on its own, it probably shouldn't spill at all. Braden, you've done great, thank you very much. Give him a little love for coming up. <laughs> also give him gratitude, because he'll always raise his hand. <laughs> <laughs> if the cup is full, it's going to spill. It doesn't really matter what it's full of, whether it's water or Coke. If it's full, it's going to spill. And what Jesus makes part of the many, many points that we can make of the Good Samaritan, if there's a handle that we can hold on to today for all the different great and wonderful and familiar ways to think of the parable of the Good Samaritan, I would invite you to think about a very full because what the expert in the law is willing to do is to say, I can pour water from that pitcher into that basin. I know that above all else is love God and love neighbor. I can do that, I know that, and I can do it on my terms. And that's why Jesus tells this parable of the Good Samaritan, because one of the things that this expert in the law makes a mistake of doing, another thing that he's very eager to pour out is his need to justify himself. And anytime we step into the realm of self-justification, not God's justification of us, but can we justify ourselves? Can we give that account on our own? Self-justification is a dangerous game. And that is where the expert in the law makes, well, kind of makes a mistake. Not a mistake in the fact that we all get to learn something and we don't get resolution on this parable. If you know the story of the rich young ruler, when Jesus tells him, well, go and sell all your possessions, we're told that he walks away sad and dejected. With this expert in the law in Luke 10, we don't get the conclusion. We don't get to hear, did, did he hear Jesus' parable and say, great, I've got it? Or did he walk away sad and dejected? I don't mind that we don't know, because I think it's better for us to not worry about what he did, but rather put ourselves in those shoes. We can hold things together on our own terms, in our own way. But Jesus is saying, okay, what are you most full of? That when life runs into you, when unexpected circumstances take place, when things go wrong, what is it that will spill out of you? What will spill? 
Because for the priest and the Levite, what spilled out of them? They also would know how to pour the law forth. They would know how to pour forward all the right answers. They could do that. But in Jesus' example, the parable of the Good Samaritan, what he's pointing out is maybe what they're not most ready is to spill over with mercy or to spill over with compassion. And in fact, one of the things that we might say they're spilling over, the priest and the Levite, is self-preservation. The road from Jerusalem to Jericho was a dangerous road. And so if one person got attacked, um, you're pretty likely to end up in the same boat if you stop and help. Is our cup full of self-preservation, self-justification? Is it full of an adherence to the law that a priest and a Levite might have good reason to say, hey, you know what? That guy got beat up pretty bad. He's all bloody. If I touch him, I'll be ceremonially unclean and I won't be able to do my job at the temple. I won't be able to offer sacrifices because I'll be unclean from touching somebody's blood. And us today would say like hepatitis might be a reason to be concerned about that too, back in self-preservation mode. What is it that you are most full of that spills out? Not when you're in control, but when life bumps into you. <clears throat> Not when things are going on as planned. <clears throat> Not when things are going as planned, but when things go wrong. What is it then that spills out of you when you, like Braden, get pushed? What about when you see something wrong? What is it that spills out of us then? Is it the thankfulness, the relief that, well, at least we're not in the shoes of that guy who doesn't even have shoes anymore because he's been stripped and beaten and left for dead. Are we so full of compassion, pity, mercy, and even self-abandonment that we would follow the Good Samaritan and go down and help? What is it that you're full of? Because Jesus isn't as worried about people who know that they can get the answers right. He's asking, what would you do? What is your cup most full of that what would spill out of you if you got bumped? If you were provoked by something that you saw, what would spill out of you? And I don't think this is a one and done, solve it, fix it thing. I think we could go our whole lives with things that we wish weren't quite so much at the top for us. Those who maybe struggle with anger and losing their temper, we wish that anger wasn't the first thing to spill out of our cup, and yet it is. We can know all the right answers, but knowing better isn't always doing better. The Good Samaritan asks, what is this cup most full of? What spills out of you? And Jesus, with some intentionality, is choosing which characters. A priest and a Levite, those who do religious work both within the temple, the Jerusalem to Jericho road is very intentional because, well, Jerusalem's important. A lot of priests actually lived in Jericho and that road is rather dangerous. And Jesus chooses the Samaritan on purpose and maybe you already know this well and you know more details than what we're gonna share today of why the Jews and the Samaritans didn't like each other very much. They have different ideas of where the temple is. They have different ideas about some core religious doctrine, so they don't get along well. And even in Jesus' lifetime, when he would have been a young child, but would have been aware of what had happened, um, a group of Samaritans actually broke into the temple of Jerusalem and scattered the bones of dead animals throughout it. Kind of like vandalism meets desecration. 
And those who were hearing this parable when Jesus first said it, in that first hearing, those who heard it would have known that that happened. They would have known that it was those Samaritans who messed with them and threw dead animal bones all over it. So put ourselves in the shoes of the people hearing this parable. If we knew that a group of people let a whole bunch of, left a whole bunch of dead mice and other stuff in our sanctuary, they would not be our favorite people. And probably that's something where Rachel doesn't mind if we spill a little water. I think you'd take some spilled Coke over dead mice. So we will uh, not have that happen here. But these wouldn't be anybody's favorite people. And that's Jesus's point. Because the other thing that can be filled with our cup is our preconceived notions. Prejudice being prejudgment. Ugh, the Samaritans. That's not the neighbor. And they don't have to be my neighbor because I know what they're like. I know what they've done. I know what they're all about. I wouldn't have to help a Samaritan. How much more of a foil then that Jesus uses a Samaritan as the example of someone who was full of compassion and mercy, not because he saw a Jew that he wouldn't want to help because he was a Samaritan, but he saw a person in need and attended to him. What are we most full of? When we get bumped, this is more the tell than that. Life goes well when it's all according to our plans on our terms, but Jesus is interested in how do we act when things don't go according to plan? How do we respond when things aren't on our terms? And to what degree of inconvenience are we willing to get bumped? The Good Samaritan has mercy on him. And it's a debate in scholarship when the expert in the law replied to Jesus' question, all right, so which of these do you think was a neighbor? If you say loving your neighbor is important, which one was a neighbor? It's unclear if the expert in the law says the one who, has mer who had mercy on him because he's commending the Samaritan as the one who had mercy as the neighbor, or if he says the merciful one because he doesn't want to say Samaritan because he's got his own stuff against the Samaritans. He doesn't want to give them the credit. All in all, this is another gospel story of rescue. This is a gospel story of the, of, of the one who is in need, which is any one of us who was in our sin, who was left for dead, because the consequences of sin is death. We are left in our sin, and what happens? A rescuer comes along the road. Jesus knows the road from Jerusalem to Jericho and back to Jerusalem again. Jesus is the one who sees someone who needs a rescue and will pay the price for us to be redeemed, to be taken care of, to be made whole again. We already know, and hopefully we let it re reinforce over time, that Jesus' cup is full of mercy and compassion. For even all the way back to the Old Testament, the Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. That is what God's cup is full of. And so when we're messed up along the road, we need a rescuer like Jesus who will love us even though he knows us, even though he knows that we're going to mess up, even though he knows we'll really never stop messing up. But his cup overflows for us all the same. And then Jesus often would say, simply, go and do likewise. 
Go and do likewise like the Good Samaritan, and ultimately for us, go and do likewise like Jesus did for us. So friends, I have to ask you today, what do you think your cup is most full of? Not the answers that you know, not the things that you do on your own terms, not the practices when all things are going well, but what's most likely to spill out of you? If, it's, if we're filled with frustration, anger will spill out. If we're filled with prejudice, it won't be compassion that spills out. If we are filled with love, grace, mercy, even pity, then that is what will spill out of us in the moments that might matter the most. Let's pray. God, we are your vessels. So we simply ask that you fill us. Fill us with the fruit of your spirit through your grace and through our own discipline that we may be full of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That these are the things that we hold most fully within ourselves. That these are the things that will spill out of us when life takes us by surprise, when circumstances change, when we face hardship or rejection. May it be the fruit of the Spirit that pours out of us. And God, we thank you that there's lots of things that we get to do on our own terms, according to our own will and plan and desire and hope. We do give you thanks for those things, that we get to live with such privilege and joy but help our cups to be full for the moments that are different as we encounter those on the Jerusalem-Jericho road. May we have mercy and pity, knowing that you took mercy on us when we were dead in our sins and transgressions. You took us to the inn and paid the price for us, except not with a denarius, but with your life upon the cross. Fill our cup with that knowledge and with that desire to live and love like you did, Jesus, both now and forever. Amen.